0: Said, Sitting down at the table and tearing open a few letters that awaited him. What a good-looking porter you make So my wife says sir replied blunt with a perfectly grave face, but with a twinkle in his eye She must be a discriminating woman blunt Well what news have you tonight you seem to think you have found out the thieves at gorton station the last time we met so I have sir and there are more implicated than we had expected The place is a perfect nest of them Not an uncommon state of things observed mr. Sharp for it is well known that one black sheep spoils a flock We must weed them all out blunt and get our garden into as tidy a condition as possible It is beginning to do us credit already But that gorton station has remained too long in a bad state We must harrow it up a little well. Let's hear what you have found out they never suspected you I suppose Never had the least suspicion replied blunt with a slight approach to a smile I've lived with them now for a considerable time and the general opinion of them about me is that I'm a decent enough fellow But too slow and stupid to be trusted so they have not up to this time thought me worthy of being made a confidant. however that didn't matter much Cause I managed to get round one of their wives at last and she let out the whole affair in strict confidence of course and As a dead secret In fact I have just come from a long and interesting conversation with her She told me that all the men at the station with one or two exceptions Were engaged in it and showed me two of the missing bales of cloth The cloth you remember sir of which there was such a large quantity stolen four weeks ago and for which the company has had to pay I Find that the chief signalman Davis is as bad as the rest It was his wife that gave me the information in a moment of overconfidence Indeed exclaimed sharp in some surprise and what of Sam Natley and Garvey They're both of them innocent sir said blunt I did suspect em at one time But I have seen and heard enough to convince me that they have no hand in the business Natalie has been going about the station a good deal of late Because the wife of one of the men is a friend of his wife and used to go up to nurse her sometime when she was ill as to Garvey of course he knows as well as everybody else That some of the men there must be thieves else goods would not disappear from that station as they do But his frequent visits there are for the purpose of reclaiming Davis who it seems is an old playmate of his reclaiming Davis exclaimed sharp yes, and it's my opinion that it'll take a cleverer fellow than him to reclaim davis For he's one of the worst of the lot But garvey is real earnest I chanced to get behind a hedge one day when they were together and overheard them talking about these robberies and other matters and you would have thought sir that the fireman was a regular divine He could quote scripture quite in a stunning way sir and did seem badly cut up when his friend told him that it was of no use talking for it was too late for him to mend. Has Garvey then been aware all this time that Davis is one of the thieves and kept it secret? asked Sharp. No, sir, replied Blunt. Davis denied that he had any hand in the robberies when Garvey asked him. It was about drink that he was pleading with him so hard. You know, we have suspected him of that too of late, but from what I heard, he must be a regular toper. Garvey was trying to persuade him to become a total abstainer Says he to him you know Davis that whatever may be true as to the general question of abstaining from strong drink Your only chance of being delivered lies in total abstinence because the thing has become a disease I know and believe that Christianity would save you from the power of drink But depend upon it that it would do so in the way of inducing you of your own free will To touch not taste not handle not that which you will perish by the using Seems to me as if there was something in that sir said blunt inquiringly Sharp nodded assent then Garvey does not suspect him of being connected with the robberies he asked no replied blunt But he's a deep file is Davis and could throw a sharper man than Garvey off the scent after a little further conversation on the subject Mr. Sharp dismissed the pretended Porter to his station and called upon the superintendent of the police force of Clatterby From whom he received an addition to his force of men That night he led his men to Gorton station and when he thought a suitable hour had arrived He caused them to surround the block of buildings in which the men of the station resided Then placing blunt and two or three men in front of Davis's house He went up to the door alone and not mrs davis opened it she gave the least possible start in observing by the light of her lobby lamp who her visitor was for she knew him well mr sharp took note of the start good evening mrs davis he said good evening sir this is an unexpected pleasure mr sharp most of my visits are unexpected mrs davis but it is only my friends who count them a pleasure is your husband within he is sir Pray walk this way. I'm sure he will be delighted to see you. Can you say to supper with us? We are just going to have it. No, thank you, Mrs. Davis. I'm out on duty tonight, said Sharp, entering the parlour, where Davis was engaged in reading the newspaper. Good evening, Mr. Davis. Davis rose with a start. Mr. Sharp took note of that also. Good evening, Mr. Sharp, he said. Sit down, sir. Sit down. Thank you. I can't sit down. I'm on duty just now. The fact is, Mr. Davis, that I am come to make a search among your men for we have obtained reliable information as to who are the thieves at this station. As no doubt some of the men are honest and might feel hurt at having their houses searched, I have thought that the best way to prevent any unpleasant feeling is to begin at the top of the free and go downwards. They can't say that I made a fish of one and flesh of another if I begin as a mere matter of form mr. Davis with yourself oh Certainly certainly mr. Sharp by all means replied Davis He spoke with an air of candor, but it was quite evident that he was ill at ease Calling in one of his men mr. Sharp began a rigorous search of the house forthwith mr. Davis suggested that he would go out and see that the men were in their residences But mr. Sharp said that there was no occasion for that and that he would be obliged by his remaining and assisting in the search of his own house Every hole and corner of the ground floor was examined without any discovery being made Mrs.. Davis observing that her visitors were particular in collecting every shred of cloth that came in their way Suddenly asked if it was cloth. They were in search of Mr. Sharp thought the question and the tone in which it was put told of a guilty conscience But he replied that he was in search of many things cloth included Immediately after and while they were busy with a dark closet. Mrs. Davis slipped quietly out of the room Mr.. Sharp was stooping at the time with his back towards her But the two back bottoms of his coat must have been eyes for he observed the movement and at once followed her Having previously ordered mr. Davis to move a heavy chest of drawers in order to keep him employed Taking off his shoes he went upstairs rapidly and seeing an open door peeped in There he saw a sight that would have surprised any man except a superintendent of police Mrs. Davis was engaged in throwing bales of cloth over the window With the energy of a coal heaver and the haste of one whose house is on fire the poor woman was not robust yet the easy way in which she handled those bales was quite marvelous Being a cool and patient man sharp allowed her to toss over five bales before interrupting her When she was moving across the room with a sixth and last he entered she stopped turned pale and dropped the bale of cloth You seem to be very busy tonight mrs. Davis he observed inquiringly can I assist you? Oh, Mr. Sharp exclaimed mrs. Davis covering her face with her hands she could say no more Mr. Sharp took her gently by the arm and led her downstairs They reached the room below just in time to see blunt enter holding the ejected bales with both arms to his bosom Blunt had happened to take his stand just beneath the window of mrs. Davis's bedroom and when that energetic woman tossed the bales out She pitched them straight into blunt's willing arms. The accommodating man waited until he received all that appeared likely to be delivered to him and then with a quiet chuckle bore them as we have seen into Davis's parlor. This is a bad business, Davis, said Sharp as he slipped a pair of manacles on his prisoner. Davis made no reply. He was very pale, but looked defiant. Mrs. Davis sat down on a chair. And sobbed, leaving them in charge of Blunt. Mr. Sharp then paid a visit to all the men of the place, and ere long succeeded in capturing all who had been engaged in the recent robberies with the various proofs of their guilt in the shape of cloth, loaves of sugar, fruit, boxes of tea, etc., in their apartments. It had cost Mr. Sharp and his men many weary hours of waiting and investigation, but their perseverance was at length well rewarded for the nest was thoroughly harried the men were dismissed and variously punished and that portion of the grand national trunk railway was for the time most effectually purified end of chapter twenty it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win